everybody. This is John with Ubaldi Reports. With me, as always, is my good friend and fellow co-host and Marine Corps retired veteran of the wars in Iraq, Big Bad Joe Bits. How's it going, Joe? I'm great, John. How are you? And how was your day today? <laughs> Maybe a slightly eventful. It's definitely news heavy. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of stuff in the news today. Okay. I mean, so before we go into it, I did have this question kind of locked and loaded for the for the show. Okay. And it talks about a Hillary administration or a, a Clinton administration. Uh, Why in, would you be thinking about that? Well, in comparison, do you think a Clinton administration or do you think a Clinton presidency, Hillary, that is, would be doing a much better job than our current president right now? No, because she would have brought the same individuals who are operating well above their abilities. But you don't think she would handle Afghanistan a little bit differently? No, she was playing. She played would have played the political politics like Joe Biden because she voted for the war in Iraq and the entry of U.S. into Afghanistan. So should we, we, we just still be there then? No, hold on. She voted just like Joe Biden voted for the war in Iraq and voted for the war going into Afghanistan. But then when it when uh, popular sentiment turned against the war, she was against the surge. Mm -hmm. She was against a lot of these things. So I will have to say you can only speculate, but I don't think it would have been much different. It might have been the pullout might have been a little bit different, Mm -hmm. but I'm not sure it would have been any much different than what. And the border crisis. I think she would have done the same thing because you have to understand is. They, they put their finger in the air. Mm-hmm. They would have repudiated everything Donald Trump would have done. Now, okay. Hillary Clinton would have been elected instead of Trump. I'm not sure she would have done anything different because the progressive aim of the party mm-hmm. is, is pushing their Democrats to this. The, the, party, the Democratic Party of John Kennedy, Harry Truman, and even Bill Clinton is not there anymore. Okay. The Democratic part, the Party is controlled and captivated by the progressive elites. They want open borders. They want us out of these wars. They want to abolish the Department of Defense or severely cut it back. Like Bernie Sanders said, he wants only the defense to have a 2% um, GDP go to defense. Yeah. So I'm not sure. I mean, it's hard to speculate what someone would do when they're not there. But just going by past performance, I think she would have been she was the one who was in favor of going into Libya. Look at the debacle that was. Okay. So I'm not sure it would have been as bad, but I think it would have been the same outcomes. So, so we, what's her name? Susan. Susan Rice. Not Susan Rice. The one that got intercepted at the bat in the bathroom. Oh, that was Kristen Cinema. Okay, Kristen Cinema was engaged by a protester. Correct. She was engaged by a protester. First, a male prop put his foot there to prop the door open. The female activist went in there and was videotaping her and recording her while she was in the bathroom about her not supporting the 3.5 recon 3.5 trillion dollar reconciliation package okay then she was confronted at the airport now even bernie sanders there was a, a letter or a document that they were supposed to sign to support well not support this type of activism by challenging people like that and he said he couldn't do it unless Kristen Cinema agreed to his demands. Yeah. And it's like they're just they're being captivated by that progressive elites that just want open borders. They want the government to control our lives. And I just think there's going to be problems down the road. So I think I said this on a show a couple 
months back is that, you know, everybody's thinking that there's going to be a civil war between, say, Republicans and Democrats. But I my I think my take was more like there is going to be a civil war between Democrats and Democrats. Well, right now there is the Democratic Party has been is pulled, has been captivated and has been controlled Mm -hmm. by the progressives. Now, Civil War, okay, I, I know the terminology, but I just want to make sure everybody knows. We're not talking about armed violence, but there is a clash of uh, between the two ideological camps, the moderates and the progressives. Now, in the Republican Party, you have the Freedom Caucus. This is the very conservative Republicans who, who pretty much want limited government, low taxes, strong national defense. But even moderate Democrats kind of want, I mean, moderate Republicans want the same thing. Uh It's just how they go about it. But with the Democrats, progressives want a much larger budget, much larger involvement of the government in our lives. Uh So when they say $3.5 trillion reconciliation package or spending package, Bernie Sanders, the the socialist um, senator from Vermont, said, $3.5 3.5 trillion was a conservative estimate. He wanted it much larger into the six or seven trillion dollar range. And but see, they want no work requirement now. Joe, what do you mean by no work requirement? Okay, when you like when Bill Clinton and Newt Gingrich passed Welfare Reform Act back in ninety five ninety six, yeah, the stipulation was you could only be on welfare for five years and then you're off it. Mm-hmm. And what that did, it forced the individual to reevaluate their lives. Hey, maybe I need to get a job. Maybe I need to upgrade my skills so I can can get a better job. Mm-hmm. But what then Barack Obama came in and removed that work requirement. And mm-hmm. with all these other entitlement programs they want to institute, there's no work requirement. There's mm-hmm. and what Joe um, Joe Manchin wants, the Democratic senator for West Virginia. He suggested that it be means tested. It should be based off your income and it should only last for a certain amount of time. It shouldn't be just unlimited, but the progressives, they're not going for that. They wanted unlimited. Yeah. So when you talking about like the family uh, earned income credit or the family uh, child credit, there's a, they want to extend that, make it permanent. Oh, hold on now. I got kids. I know, but permanent oh yeah sure so <laughs> you're what you're gonna tell me you're gonna give me like uh three four hundred bucks a month just for having kids yeah but i'm cool with that that may work for you yeah but somebody's paying for that yeah me <laughs> and when the when the budget dukes come in so let's say you you get it cost let's say a hundred billion this year mm-hmm. and with the government can we can afford a hundred billion this year well next year it's going to cost 200 billion and then it just keeps going up and up and up. Yeah. So it's just like right now, the entitlement programs control about 60 to 70% of the budget. Uh-huh. And that's from the Congressional Budget Office. So when they say the tax cuts inflated this, it wasn't the tax cuts. It's government spending has never been ever reined in. It's just government just gets larger and larger and larger. So the budget, really, there's only like about 20 to 25% of the budget which you can reduce. And that's discretionary spending, which the Department of Defense is in. So what the progressives want, they would rather eliminate the Department of Defense. Now, mm-hmm. Maria Harf, who used to be um, this press spokesman for John Kerry at the State Department under the Barack Obama administration, 
she is now a Fox News contributor, a Fox News analyst. And she said, well, I don't understand. Republicans have no problem funding defense, but they can't give extra money to working families. So I looked it up. The United States spends about a trillion and a half dollars every year social services spending, welfare spendings on everything. Mm-hmm. We spend between $750 billion to $800 billion on education between the federal, state, and local level. Well, how much are we spending on defense, though? Like, I think it's like, what, you know, like 80, 80 billion? No, no, no. A yearly on defense is about $700 billion. Okay, $700 billion? Yeah. But still a lot less than... Okay, but the question is, if you want to help somebody get out of poverty, mm-hmm. my father only had a fifth grade education. Yeah. He understood to get out of poverty, you have to get an education, whether you go vocation or whether you go to college. Yeah. So two of his sons went to college. Two of his sons went to the vocational fields. Mm-hmm. Kind of figure the ones who went to the vocational field do far better than the ones who went to college. Yeah. Okay. But that said... That's how he knew to get out of poverty is with a solid education. Yeah. So if the, but okay. If there should the, be a shift coming up with blue collar and white collar workers, aren't there? Yeah, but look at the, look at the image of anybody that's in a vocational field. It's like, you're not that smart. You're not, you're, you probably didn't have anything better going on in your life. Yeah. So we look down upon somebody who works with their hands. Now I'm not gifted when it comes to vocation like working with your hands. Mm-hmm. It just didn't work for me. my two, my two brothers are good. My dad was phenomenal. Yeah. Okay. But that said, I'm amazed that somebody who can take apart an engine and put it back together. That's somebody is smart. Now, as I s- spoke to my brother who is a superintendent for a construction company out in California. And what I told him is I went to college. I got a master's degree. Yeah. I'm no smarter than he is. If he read everything I read, he would know what I know. Mm-hmm. I just happen to read a lot. Yeah. You're more into, in, intellectually in, inclined to where he's more mechanic. But I mean, but he runs a, a construction site that puts together 50, 80 to $100 million construction projects. Mm-hmm. You got to know what you're doing. You got to be on time. You got to know material. You got to know labor costs. You got to know material costs. And you got to get things done. Yeah. So, and I look at those who go to college, look at the, the Afghan. Today's the 20th anniversary of us entering Afghanistan. These are the individuals that graduated from Princeton, Harvard, Yale, all the Ivy League schools. These are the generals that went to West Point, Annapolis, <clears throat> the Air Force Academy. We lost the war in Af- Afghanistan. We're stalemated in Iraq. Other conflict. We haven't won a war since World War II. So who's smarter? They are, our national debt is $28 trillion. Mm-hmm. These are the same individuals that nearly collapsed the economy back in 08, 09. Yeah. So who's smarter? Now, is it maybe pending two of another crash? I mean, it could be because we're, we're running out of money. Mm-hmm. The money that we've allocated, the six, five to six trillion for the COVID relief, that's borrowed money. Somehow it's got to get paid back and nobody's worried about it. So the Democrats come back in and want $3.5 trillion of more spending. Yeah. And some of the, even the most, uh, even some of the liberal groups, think tanks and policy centers, as long as they're conservative. Yeah. 
They're estimating at the low end, it's actually $4.5 trillion, and at the high end, at $5.5 trillion. Right. Because of the math they're using is very fuzzy, and things that they were going to phase out, the money that they're thinking they're going to get, they're all these broad-based assumptions. And when President Biden and Nancy Pelosi said there's going to be zero cost, what government program had didn't cost anything? All right, I'm going to tell Jimmy to cut this out, but go on, uh, just talk on TikTok for a second. Just say hi and just let them know that we'll be taking questions at the end of the show. Okay, I just want to, before we, we continue with this, I, I said this at the beginning, I want to say thank you to all our listeners and followers on TikTok. But if you have any questions, if you could wait till the end of the podcast and we'll take all your questions there, we'll talk to you on TikTok. So if you can be patient, just wait till then and we'll. We'll kick it off then. Or if they have a question during the podcast, we will answer it on the podcast. Yeah. If you have a question, type it into the, the TikTok and we'll answer it on the podcast. But if you want to engage with us, just wait till after the podcast is over. All right. Wait. And now we're back to Ubaldi reports. <laughs> but I mean, there's a lot of things going on. So. There, you have the financial issues with um, them passing or trying to pass the $3.5 trillion reconciliation bill, the yeah. $1.1 trillion infrastructure bill from the House. That, that is a really hot topic here because there's so many things woven in, in, in that bill itself to get passed that it's going to cost the American people a lot of money. One being if you have more than $600 in your bank account, the IRS isn't going to be able to do that. I don't know if people understand this, but rich people who they're saying they're going to take this money from to pay for this bill don't necessarily keep their money in banks. You know, they use a the bank as a transaction purposes, but they mostly keep it in like investment properties, even investments, the stock market, all that kind of stuff like that. So middle class us or what's ever left of the middle class and the lower class, they're the ones that keep their money in the banks, and then those are the ones that are going to suffer. Well, the point that you brought up about the $600 transaction, the IRS wants the bank to furnish, furnish, give them that information. That was what we found out was was proposed in the $3.5 trillion reconciliation package. The question I bring up is, what else is in that bill? Because if everybody remembers the old cartoon in the 70s, how a bill becomes a law. You saw it on Saturday yeah, morning. I'm just a bill. Yeah, I was just a bill. Well, it didn't go through the regular uh, process, meaning it will start into a committee. Mm-hmm. It would be in the House Ways and Means Committee. And then in the Senate, it would be the Senate Finance Committee. It goes to committee. Democrats control the both, both um, houses, so they would lead the committee. They would bring their witnesses in, their experts they would present their proposals. The Republicans would be a, have a chance to bring their witnesses, their experts, to counteract what the Democrats are, are proposing. And then they would hammer it out committee, vote on it, and then it would go to other committees that they needed, and they would cobble it together for one bill to get voted on in the full body of the House. And actually, this and also in the full body of the Senate, then they would Senate would vote on theirs, House would vote, then they would go to a reconciliation or conference committee to hammer out the two bills 
and put it into one language, mm-hmm. and then the both branches would would vote on it. That didn't happen here. It went to the committees. The committees just marked up the bills, what they wanted in, in it, and then they're telling their members to vote on it. Yeah. So nobody really knows what's also in, the, in that bill. They're pulling things out of a 22,000-page document, but what else isn't in there? Now, remember, uh, Speaker Pelosi once said during the Affordable Care Act debate, you need to, to find out what's in it. You need to vote on it. Yeah. But once it becomes law, it's voted in by the Senate and the House and the president signs it. It's law. Yeah. And Ronald Reagan once said, once a federal program becomes law, it'll last a lifetime. Mm-hmm. And as much as without going into the debate on the Affordable Care Act, remember the Republicans said repeal and replace. They tried to repeal it, but there's always one or two that just can't pull the trigger yeah. and it never gets in. And the Affordable Care Act was supposed to reduce the debt. It actually increased the debt. It was supposed to reduce costs. It actually increased costs. Mm-hmm. So when President Biden and Nancy Pelosi said this is a zero cost to it, it's fully paid for. When was a federal program ever fully paid? Well, they've never worked a day in their life other than through, poly- or you know. In government. Other than government. So they don't know what putting in an effort into, you know, they think everything's free because they talk about it and then it magically appears. And that's true. I mean, Joe Biden has been in the Senate since I was in third grade. Mm-hmm. And I'm 56 now, so he's never worked outside of government. He's always had a paycheck that comes in twice a week. Yeah, He has f- fully funded health care. He's never really had to work. And I was kind of ironic that all these individuals who are in, co- in, the, in politics or in government, how are they millionaires? Like Bernie Sanders, the socialist, how is he a millionaire? That doesn't make sense. No. But I mean, that's well, that's the question everybody's asking. But you know, they just kind of bypass it because I guess if you you know work in government long enough, yeah, you become a millionaire. But see, but the problem is, all these individuals come up with these ideas, whether it's mask mandates, vaccinations, mm-hmm. we need open borders, we need free this, free that. It seems like when they talk about we got to support public education, but their children go to private school. Gavin Newsom being the one. Barack Obama's children never went to public school. They went to private school their whole life and many others. Sheldon Whitehouse, even uh, President Biden's own children went to a private Catholic high school. But they tell the, the, I like to say the peasants, you need to go to the government school but my children get a better education, better quality education. And I remember during the Republican National Convention, Don Jr., or Donald Trump Jr. stated he went to private school his whole life. He got a good education. And he said, I got a great education, but I want other people to have the same opportunity to get a good education, whether that be through school choice, charter schools, or whatever, I want other people to have a quality education, not be stuck going to the same government school. And it's ironic, those that profess to support public education, especially to help people of color, 70% of black and Hispanic students are deficient at grade level. Yeah. 
so you go to California, the one of the most progressive states, 70% cannot do math or English to grade level. Mm -hmm. And in some of those cities like San Francisco, you're at 21%. So we got a problem here, but it's, it needs to be addressed. And now you have that, um, what was it? The National School Board Association sent a, a letter to the Attorney General Merrick Garland, mm -hmm. concerned about the rhetoric coming out at these school board meetings, and they want the FBI and the, the federal uh, prosecutors to get involved. That that kind of baffles me because you have a disagreement or a concern for your child's well-being, and if you become maybe rowdy, or what parent isn't going to be? maybe a little bit more aggressive when it comes to their children's learning, especially when they're trying to implement critical race theory. It's yeah. A mass man, you know, vaccinations, you know, when it comes to well, you know, when it comes to the, you know, the well being of their children and they just want to you know you're a domestic terrorist. There are, this administration seems so hell bent on making us the internal of, you know, in our country, making us the enemy against who, yeah, but here's the point. This is a local matter. I'll be the first one to say I'm against anybody who gets violent, who gets threatening yeah. to any political leader, whether on the left or on the right. But uh -huh. it's ironic that last year or the last couple of years when activists went out against Rand Paul, against Ted Cruz, Look how they treated Rand Paul got attacked on his front yard. Look at Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Yeah. She was at a restaurant with her her husband and she was forced out of the restaurant. Look what Maxine Waters had stated. If you see someone from this administration, you get in their face and you say they are not welcome. Look what Senator Cory Booker said. But no one had a problem with that. But as soon as the other side complains, there's a problem here. And then the question is, what is threatening if someone is loud or expressing their opinion about critical race theory, vaccine mandates? And lately, what you're having is like in Loudoun County, Virginia, mm -hmm. parents are questioning what's being taught their children. Yeah. And then you had Terry McAuliffe, the Democratic gubernatorial candidate in West Virginia, excuse me, Virginia who's going up, um, up against, oh, I can't think of his name, a Republican challenge, Republican gubernatorial candidate, saying that parents have no right to determine what's being taught their children. Mm -hmm. So I have a problem with that because during the coronavirus, when everybody's locked down and children were learning at home on Zoom, parents were starting to listen what was being taught yeah. and they weren't liking it. Like there was a, a teacher in, I think it was the Midwest. I can't remember where. And she would ha she had, was told to remove a Blue Lives Matter flag. But other teachers had Black Lives Matter flags and gay pride flags. Yeah. But that was okay. But Blue Lives Matters you couldn't have. So we're selectively supporting one and not the other. Well, what about them telling their kids, uh, telling their students, while doing that virtual learning, what they could have and not have in their own house. Like, I, I think one teacher saw, like, a gun or something like that hanging up in the back. And, you know, they reported those parents for having a gun in their house, which is, it's their right to have that. Yeah, but it's just, all this is being transpired. And then there's one teacher who was 
explicit. I think the person was fired, but it was explicitly his job was to indoctrinate children mm-hmm. into the left left wing ideology. That doesn't make sense to me. I mean, even when I went to college in the um, late eighties, early nineties, um, every one of my teachers was extremely liberal. I had one professor. Now it's not as bad as it is now, mm-hmm. but I had one professor would explicitly say that every ill in the country is because of the Republicans. And you had to write your papers and your tests based off what he wanted to hear. Yeah. How is that learning? Well, it's not. I mean, here's an example. I substituted at a local private school. This was during the 2016 election. There was two kids. Yeah. One girl supported Hillary Clinton. One boy, one guy or one boy supported Donald Trump. And they started to talk. And then they asked me my input. And I said, listen, I'm not going to tell you what my political ideology is. And I told them both, do you support your candidate? Well, yes. Good. Make sure when you have a debate, base it off fact, not emotion. But I'm not going to tell you, nor should any educator ever tell their, their student how to think, yeah. how, what their views. Because I was spoke at a local uh, high school at the Republican club. Mm-hmm. One of the teachers came and she goes, Oh, you need to go to the democratic club. That's where all the good things happen. So we already knew what her viewpoint was. Yeah. There was another high school in San Francisco. I spoke at and the students at the Republican club asked a bunch of teachers to be their student, their teachers advice. They all laughed at them. Mm-hmm. And one of the teachers was a Democrat. And she said, and I gave her credit. She said, I'll be their student advisor, I mean, their teacher advisor. But when it's, when educators are telling you their political ideology and forcing their ideology on you, I got a problem with that. So I heard this today. Don't really know how much is actually behind it. But uh, so our president kind of mandated through OSHA that all businesses that having 100 or more employees need to have need to be vaccinated and they're going to have OSHA kind of enforce this or regulate this. Now, what I heard is that all it was, was just talk because OSHA has not officially done anything yet. As much as they said they've heard, it's only been a press release. Well, what they're doing is they're using some of the laws and they're twisting it or expanding it beyond what the law was originally intended. A lot of these things are going to go through the courts. Okay. It's just like with free speech. We all know the government can't rein in free speech. But I'm saying it's not going to get to court because it's not even. No, I know that. I think they're just maybe, I think what it was, was just maybe like a play on words where they're just like, hey, everybody's going to get vaccinated. If they don't, you know, we're going to, we're going to bring OSHA, we're going to bring OSHA into this. And then that's when people started, you know, maybe like having like a knee jerk reaction and say, okay, everybody needs to get vaccinated or we're going to have to let these people go. And then it it was just hype. It was just like fluff. You know, they didn't, they really, you know, they maybe said that to kind of get people's gears turning, but it really means that there's still nothing they can do because we we know there's nothing they can do. Okay. Or here's the other thing. They're doing it, float the idea Mm -hmm. and forcing companies to do the bidding of government, which government can't do. Yeah. It's just like we had a whistleblower on Capitol Hill regarding Facebook. I don't believe that. Now you have both 
political parties against the social media company, especially Facebook. Okay. Republicans are against it because they limit speech by conservative groups. Democrats don't like it because the, the social media companies aren't reigning in free speech. Mm -hmm. So what they want, they know the government, because they're limited by the Constitution, that you can't limit free speech. So they're allowing companies to do the dirty, the dirty work that government can't do. I think the whistleblower was a plant. I think they were like, let's put out this whistleblower, maybe give feed her a bunch of information to talk about, maybe even like bring up some accusations that Facebook has faced and, you know, kind of bring them up to light saying, you know, and kind of maybe backing up those claims. I think there's something else involved there because it just seems, I mean, there's a lot of, it was like a domino effect. Like she goes on the news and then Facebook shuts down for like six eight, or eight hours. And then the next day she's on Capitol Hill. So it, it seems very, well, very, it seems very shady to me. I was asked that question through a friend of mine. He was talking with a friend up in Maine. So we got on um, FaceTime and she asked the same question you did. Mm -hmm. I have no evidence to back that up. I know Facebook went down for six hours because they had problems with their routers. Now, this is what I've, I don't know yeah. how accurate that is. Mm -hmm. I don't know how accurate what you're saying. I'm not going to dispute that because I don't have evidence to back that up. But at the same time, these social media companies need to be addressed because they seem to limit free speech. Because I remember during a hearing a few weeks ago or a month or so ago, they asked one of the social media companies, I want to say Google, and he goes, how many times have you limited or curtailed the, sp the speech of liberal or progressive groups or entities or individuals? And he goes, I can't remember, but we all can remember by them squelching the speech of conservative or Republicans mm -hmm. or limiting who gets on their platform. Yeah. So I think we, maybe we can round it up with black colleges are getting uh, their budget cut. Is it a cut or is it? It's or, a reduction. So they're taking away $30 million. I think it was $30 billion. Okay, $30 billion. That was a little off a little bit. Now, uh, I did a little research. I got to go back and see where I found it. But then President Biden spoke yesterday. At Michigan, was, yeah. In Michigan, and he touted that we're spending money on historical black colleges and universities. Mm -hmm. That's not accurate. In the $3.5 trillion spending plan that's kind of stuck in the Senate, they want to reduce uh, money or expenditures for historical black colleges. And when something like that happens, it just kind of rings out to me that they're, they're not on the same page that he thinks one way, but I, what's ever going on in a background is another way. That's why I remember when I asked you if like, did Biden, was he responsible for this bill or did he write this bill or what did he have to do with this bill? And you're, you're like, he's really involved with the bill, but then like this this goes on. Well, so, he's involved, but the actual writing of the bill mm -hmm. through the Constitution is written by the Congress, by the okay. House or the Senate. So nobody in Congress told him, hey, by the way, we're cutting off, you know, $30 billion. Well, but see, that goes back to at the White House, you have Congress, you have a team set up that deals with Congress. Yeah. And somebody on who's advising the president, he can't be knowledgeable or involved in every minutia detail. There's just no way. No president can. Yeah. I don't care how smart or capable the president is. Mm -hmm. But he has a team that deals with domestic 
policy. And his domestic policy advisor is Susan Rice. So I would go to Susan Rice. Did you not know about any of this? Mm -hmm. She should have read those bills. She should have known what was in those bills. Well, how can you? It's 2,100 pages. Well, but she would have been directly working with Senator Bernie Sanders, who is the House um, Banking Committee chair. She would have been working with Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, and I can't think of the name of the chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee. Uh-huh. I, th- I think it was banned, but I'm not positive. But, I mean, she should have been working with them. And then she'll have a staff that deals with every phase of this. Yeah. So by them, him not knowing, that just tells me. And I think, and I was asked this on, my, on a radio program on Monday that I get on, that I thought Barack Obama had one of the worst congressional liaison teams this doesn't even compare to the the sloppy inept congressional liaison team of joe biden Mm -hmm. it seems like everything is being dictated by nancy pelosi chuck schumer and the budget that they're trying to pass he didn't win the the election but this is bernie sanders presidency yeah all right, so let's go ahead and wrap it up. Where can they go ahead and get a hold of us? Well, you can go ahead and get a hold of get a hold of us by going to Ubaldi Reports at gmail.com. That's Ubaldi Reports at gmail.com. You can go to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, type in Ubaldi Reports and you can see what we've got. You know, if you go to Facebook, go to Ubaldi Reports group. We'd like to hear from you. You can always get catch me on TikTok. It seems like I'm getting used to that. Yeah. And as like you said at the beginning and a little bit later into the podcast, if you stay on the podcast and have questions or you want to join and have a a conversation, stay free. We'll be on. Yeah. And so we're on TikTok. We're live streaming. So we got a lot of things going on here. And we do have this podcast. If you missed it live, you can always catch it on uh, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. Well, we are on Twitch. We're on Twitch as well. Forgot about Twitch. Yeah, I don't know if we're recording on Twitch, but I know we do go live on Twitch. We're still figuring out. All I know is that we're live and you can hear us both. So we'll call that a win. Everybody have a good day and we will talk to you soon. And keep following Ubaldi Reports.